Oh, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining me today, New Hope Radio. Love to come to you live because it's just nice to be alive. It's nice to be alive, (laughs) isn't it? So we get a good topic today. Glad you tuned in. If there's one... If there's one thing that many people are lacking in my estimation of things, you know what it is? Self-worth. And I wonder if people are lacking self-worth because they're looking in all the wrong places. And they spend time, energy, effort, money trying to find it and it just doesn't pay off. A lack of self-worth, you know, brings with it some negative responses to life situations. Did you know that? What are some of them? How about this? Feelings of despondency. I don't like that. They suffer from a disease. It's called give up That's no good. Sometimes they enter into a game. It's called the blame game. When you have no self-worth, You play the blame game. Blaming others for why you feel the way you do. And then there's always our old friend depression. Depression sometimes leads to people taking medication, which is only a mask. That's all it is. It's a mask. Well, we're going to talk about that today on New Hope Radio. New Hope Radio Facebook, New Hope Radio Podcast, WARV 1590 AM, 92.7 FM. And Janine is already here checking in. Hello, Janine. Now, the good news is Jesus understands our humanity, and he understands the journey that we're all on. Did you know that you're on a journey? Yeah, we all are. And he knows we must all have a sense of purpose. Oh, purpose makes the journey so much easier. Purpose in this life actually transforms our life. If you want to change your life, if you want to transform your life, Find purpose. Find purpose. If you're suffering from any of the symptoms that I mentioned, help is on the way. It's coming. Because we're going to talk about that today. When I talk about living for a sense of purpose, that purpose must be, here it comes, bigger than ourselves. The purpose cannot be self-serving. It's got to be bigger than ourselves. Okay? Janine says she's happy to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm happy for her too. <laughs> I'm happy to be filled with the Holy Spirit too. So, when, okay, purpose is always bigger than ourselves. And I believe the breeding ground for depression, here it comes, is living for our own purpose rather than a greater purpose. Did you get that? The breeding ground for depression is living 
for our own purpose rather than a greater purpose. So we're going to be in John chapter 17 today. And we're going to find Jesus praying to his father. I like that. He's talking to his father. And in verse 3, you know what he begins by describing? Eternal life. Eternal life. He said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. i got to shut something off over here. Okay. Think about it. This is eternal life, that they may know you, Father. You're the only true God and Jesus Christ. That's himself whom you have sent. So Janine, she, she's right in line with this message today. Her purpose is to share the love of God with others. Oh, that's where we're going today. And then in verse 4, he mentions the basis of glory. You know, glory is one of those important aspects of the Christian life. It really is. Because glory has to do with God. And Jesus said, I, speaking to the Father, I glorified you on the earth. And here's how he did it. He says it. Having accomplished the work which you've given me to do. Jesus glorified his Father by accomplishing, by finishing what the Father gave him to do. So when we talk about glorifying God, it has to do with fulfilling his will. You fulfill God's will you do what he says, and you know what happens? We make him known. We're revealing God. Jesus talks about his pre-existent nature. Oh, this is so important. Because if you don't believe in the pre-existent nature of Christ, then you don't believe in Christ. You really don't. You have to believe in the true Christ, the, tr the Christ of the Bible. Some religions believe in Christ, but he's not the Christ of the Bible. But he is preexistent. Here's what he said in verse 5. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself. Here it comes with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Jesus is actually claiming that he was alive before the creation. As a matter of fact, he is the creator. Jesus is not a created being. He's the one that does the creating. Doreen's on board. She's saying hello, everybody. So let's go back to when Jesus started. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So this is true salvation. This is Jesus Christ, eternal. There is no other. Now we move down to verse 14. We arrive at the purpose for our lives. See, once we establish who Christ is and who God is, that helps us determine our own purpose here on this earth. Think about it. Can you really find a purpose, an eternal purpose, without God? You can find a temporal purpose, but you can't find an eternal purpose because the purpose has to be in God. So here's where we arrive at the purpose for our lives. And this is where also we defeat our low self-worth. 
you punch it right in the nose. Self-worth, out of here. Verse 14, Jesus said, I have given them your word, speaking about his disciples. I've given them your word. The world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So Jesus is saying he really doesn't fit in here, nor do his disciples. The word for world is the word cosmos. It means arrangement or system. It's where we get the word, ladies, cosmetics. You have cosmetics to do what? Arrange your face, right? Adorn your face. You have a system. Men have a little toolbox, and you get all your little brushes and all your little colors and all your little things, and you, you go to work, right? It's an arrangement. Satan has an arrangement on planet Earth. It's called the cosmic system. It's, society, it's a society that he wants to establish apart from God. And Jesus is saying, I don't fit into that. And he's saying, neither do my, do my, uh, do my disciples fit into that. So this is the antagonism of the world system against God. And when people receive the message of Jesus, it put them in the direct opposition with the life around them. See, you get saved, you hear the gospel, you accept it, you receive Christ as your Savior, and all of a sudden you find yourself living in a strange world. The world that you thought you knew, the world that you thought you liked, you find out, oh, I don't fit in here anymore. But here's the good news. Opposition from the world should not bring discouragement to the believer. As a matter of fact, that's a good sign. That if you find yourself not fitting into the cosmic system, into the system of the world, that's a good sign. It means that you're fitting in with God. You know, I don't like using the weapons of the world. Gossip, slander, jealousy, revenge, dishonesty. I don't like using all those things. I don't feel comfortable with those anymore. I have a whole new set of values. That's what comes from being in relationship with God. So if you feel like you don't fit in, you know what Jesus said in Matthew 5? Rejoice and be glad. For your reward in heaven is great. In the same way, <laughs> they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So the difficult path is the path to glory. Don't ever forget that. The difficult path is the path to glory. And that's exactly what Doreen just chimed in. Our purpose is to bring glory to God, to share the gospel. The world needs Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Perhaps one of the most frustrating things is to get people to see that they need a Savior when they don't believe they do. If they're honest about themselves, they'll see it. If they're honest with themselves, They'll see it. But Jesus doesn't make it easy for people once they get saved. You know what he said? He said, Father, I do not ask you to take them out of the world. I'm like, what? You would think, hey, now that I'm a Christian, I've got it made in the shade. Now that I'm a Christian, it's going to be easy. You know why it's not easy? Because you're in a world 
that's antagonistic to you and to God. Unfortunately, many people are taught that life becomes easy when they become a Christian. They expect a touchy-feely Christianity, but it's not so. Loretta said, amen. I could, I like the amens. You know why? We're all on the right track. We're all don't, going in the same direction. Now, where would you and I be if the moment someone expressed faith in Christ, God took them home? As soon as you get saved, boom, you vaporized and went to heaven. Where would we be? There'd be no one preaching the gospel. You know what Paul said in Romans 10? Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how will they call on him? Whom they have not believed. How will they believe in him? Whom they have not heard. How will they hear? Without a preacher. So somebody's got to stick around to tell everybody else. And that's what we do. God saves our soul. And then we stick around to tell everybody else. And then Paul said, how will they preach unless they are sent? Oh, we're going to see. Here comes the purpose. Here comes the purpose. How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Beautiful feet. Now, you might think you have funny feet, and maybe you do. But to God, if you share the good news of Christ with people, you have beautiful feet. See, it's not the shape of your feet. It's not the size of your feet. It's not the color of the nail polish on your feet that makes your feet beautiful. It's the fact that your feet carried you so you could bring good news to others. Doreen said, yeah, we are told in this world you will have tribulation because Satan doesn't want that. He'll try to stop people from sharing the gospel, and he'll try to interfere with those that are lost from hearing the gospel. That's why Janine said we had to be a light. Share your testimony. Share your testimony. By the way, she has Flintstone feet. That's okay. You know what I say? Keep your socks on. <laughs> <laughs> They're beautiful to God because you share the news of his son. See, so we're left in the world, right? But thankfully, Jesus continues to pray for us. And he says, Father, I didn't ask you to take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. To guard them, to protect them. You know, the word tereo means to guard them with an eye on them. See, we never escape the gaze of God. Isn't that nice to know? You're living under God's watchful eye. It's like, think of, like a mother watching over her cubs, right? There's the mama lion. She's sitting over there on the hill. And there's the little cubbies, and they're playing a few yards away. But she's not daydreaming. Oh, no. She's got her eyes on the cubs. She's making sure nothing comes around. To take those little cubbies, no little hyenas, or no cobras. She's got her eye on the cubbies. You know why? Because she loves her cubbies. And God's got his eyes on us. You know why? Because he loves us. See, the legitimate Christian 
is much like Jesus. When Jesus said, they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So Jesus did not fit in, and neither do we. Don't try to fit in. Don't want to fit in. Don't think you have to fit in. Because you don't. If you fit in with the world system, guess what? Then you don't fit in with God's. Round pegs and square holes. Which system do you want? Next time we're together, we're going to see that Jesus said he's got a kingdom. And you know what? His kingdom, it's not of this world. Oh, he's got his own kingdom, but it's not down here. And we'll see that next time. So now comes the separation, verse 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Now, what does that mean, sanctify? That's not a word that we use every day. You know, you don't, you don't cook a meal and say, well, I'm going to sanctify the tomatoes and put them over here and the celery over here when I make my salad. No, sanctify, hagiazo, it does mean to set apart. It means to make holy. It's where we get the word holiday, holy. A holiday is a day set apart from all the others, right? Fourth of July is a holiday. We do something different on the Fourth of July. What do we do? We have parades. We have cookouts. We set off fireworks. Things like that. We remember and honor America. Right? We don't do all those things every day, but the Fourth of July. Christmas is another day. We exchange gifts. We have special foods. We close Dunkin' Donuts. You know, it's a special day. It's a day set apart from all the others. Now, when God sanctifies his people, it means that we are a people set apart. We're special. We're different. Sanctified people set apart from others. And what is it that sanctifies us? Here it is. Truth. The Word of God. God's Word, the Bible, is the means of our sanctification. The more scripture we come to understand, the more set apart from the world we become. So there are those Christians that they're kind of comfortable in the world because they don't have enough scripture to convict them. Kind of like Lot's wife. She was very comfortable in Sodom. But the more scripture you gather in your soul, the more set apart you become because the world becomes a turnoff. You find out most of the TV shows, you don't like them. You know why? Because they stink. There's no value. There's no redemptive value to them. A lot of the movies that are out, they're not what they used to be. The jokes you used to laugh at, you don't laugh at them anymore. Why? You're set apart. You don't fit in. Because of truth. truth. You know what truth does? It transforms us. It transforms our thinking. It transforms us on the inside so we can live differently on the outside. So, no wonder truth is under so much attack today. The Bible, right? It's attacked in the world and it's ignored in the church. And I listen to preaching today and you know what? I get more upset every day. And all these big-name preachers, they're all motivational speakers. But who's teaching the Word of God? Who's teaching Scripture? Who's teaching the Bible stories? Who's teaching 
what people died for to preserve. I don't care about motivational speeches. I want to learn the scriptures. The scriptures are the motivational speeches. There's application in the scriptures, but what we have in today's preaching is application, 90% application, 10% scripture. That's not going to help people to grow. It's not. So God has a plan for our purpose, and that's what leads to self-worth, and here it is. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. There it is. Jesus came with a purpose to do what? Preach the good news of the kingdom. Now he's sending the disciples into the world to carry the baton, to do the very same thing. Doreen said so many people, they don't want to hear the truth of what is in the Bible. No, they don't. They want their ears tickled. They want to learn how to be better at fill in the blank rather than learning who is Jesus. I just want to learn who is Jesus. That's all I care about. Everything else will take care of itself. William, William Barclay said, Christianity was never meant to withdraw a man from life, but to equip him better for life. Right? He said, it does not offer us release from problems, but a way to solve them. See, that's what scriptures are. Scripture is a resource. God, the Christian life, is a life that has resources to help us think our way through life. We don't feel our way through life. We think our way through life. And we do it by mastering the Word of God. He says, it does not offer an easy peace, but a triumphant warfare. I like that. It's not an easy peace. It's a triumphant warfare. It offers not a life void of troubles, but a life where troubles are faced and conquered. See, it's about victory. The Christian life is not about retreat. It's about victory. And you can only have a victory when you march into the battle. It's the only way. So when you have a purpose, you know that there'll be obstacles. You know that there'll be diversions. But you're going forward because you're set apart and you belong to God. And you know the outcome is going to be a whole lot better than if you stayed where you were. And the fact that you've been sanctified as salvation means that you've been set apart for a special task. A task is something to do that is not overcome by obstacles and distractions. A task signifies duty, an assignment, a commission, right? People let two things interfere with their God-given commission. They have their own agenda. And then they have their own self-absorption. See, the whole thing, what did Paul say? Set your mind on things above. Sometimes we need to forget about ourselves. Forget about ourselves. Concentrate on him. I think that's a song. See, the world operates by people being focused on themselves. But you're not of the world. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, <laughs> you are not of the world. No. You're a different animal. You're a new creation. That's what the Bible calls you. A new creation. 
The best thing anyone can do for themselves, here it comes, is to abide in these scriptures. Abide in the scriptures that I just read to you today from John 17. John 17 is a good chapter. If you're ever beginning to lose your focus, read John 17. Jesus is praying. And we're in that prayer. How cool is that? We're in Jesus' prayer. How do you defeat discouragement? Expect worldly opposition. That's verse 14. How do you defeat discouragement? Stay in it for the long haul. That's verse 15. How do you defeat discouragement? Know your identity. That's verse 16. How do you defeat discouragement? Live a set-apart life. That's verse 17. And how do you defeat discouragement? Fulfill your commission. That's verse 18. Oh, how practical. You see, I don't need a motivational speech. I got the Word of God. The Word of God is the motivator. The Word of God is very practical. It's, it, 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 it gives me exactly what I need when I get out of bed in the morning and I get out there and, and face life. The Word of God is exactly what I need. I don't need 10 steps to this or 5 steps to that. I just need Scripture. And when you read the Scriptures filled with the Holy Spirit, you know what happens? It's alive. It's alive. Yeah, the Word of God is alive. And it's also powerful. Don't forget that part. It's powerful. It's all we need. You saddle up in the morning with the Word of God. Join the Hope Club. Open up. Do you, do you get a Hope Club devotional every day? We send it out at 5 in the morning. You can start your day with a few minutes of just sitting, listening to the Word of God. Get you started off on the right foot. Join the Hope Club. Go to newhopecc.tv. Go to giving. Choose fund, radio fund. Then uh, commit to $3, $3 a week. Fill out the information, your email. Fill out all your banking information, whatever that is. You only have to do it one time. And hit submit. Boom, you're in. You're in. And uh, every day, Monday through Friday, you get a nice devotional. Great way to jumpstart that day. You know what? Coffee for the body, devotional for the soul. That's a one-two punch. Good combination. I do that every day. That's how I start off my day. Coffee for the body, devotional for the soul. <laughs> That's the way to go. Thank you for coming along today. Next time, right? Jesus said, we're going to be in John 18. My kingdom's not of this world. It's not. Maybe you want to read John 18 in preparation for tomorrow, okay? Have a great day, and I will see you tomorrow. <laughs>